Welcome to the Behind the Bliss podcast, where Mary Scott Mercer and Rachel Autry bring weekly conversations to encourage, inspire, storytell, and share. Each episode is designed for you to feel met in your mess and balanced in your bliss. Here's today's conversation. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bliss. This week, I'm so excited because Mary Scott and I are both on the show with you. Hey. Hey, girl. We are so excited to both be on the show today to be able to chat with you a little bit about our lives, our life update, what's going on, but then also we have a lot of questions that are frequently asked, and so we wanted a place just to sit down, talk through those, answer your questions, whatever they might be, and have kind of like a break in between guests because we've got some really good ones coming up. Yeah, I think we could just start with some stuff that you and I have been up to lately. What are you, give everyone just like an update on you, you and Thomas, life at the ranch, what your plans are in the next month or two. Yes, so long story short, if you weren't able to listen to the first episode of where I get to share my story, my husband and I live on a guest ranch in California in the summer times, but then we move back to Birmingham, Alabama in the fall slash winter season. So since fall is coming up and Summer is coming to a close. I'm so sad. How we are fast did that back. go? Honestly, like it's about to be August. What? It is August, I guess, when people start listening to the show. Yeah. Um, but I am leaving California on August 9th, and I'm headed to a girls weekend in Atlanta, and then we'll be back in Birmingham shortly after, and then Thomas will meet me in Birmingham a few days after that. So we're making the transition out of California back into Birmingham, and that is crazy. Does it feel exciting or scary or crazy or are you ready? Are you surprised how fast it's gone? What do you think? Yeah, well, normally we leave at the end of September and this year we're leaving about a month and a half earlier than we normally That's do. crazy. I know. So I'm having this weird contradictory like feelings. I don't, I feel like my body is, is ready to stay because it's used to staying, but like my mm-hmm. soul and my spirit, we can sense this urgency you know in the anticipation of going back so I don't know I feel like everything's conflicting right now which is totally fine I kind of like it that way it keeps me keeps me balanced and down to earth but honestly I'm I'm excited for the routine I'm sad about leaving the ranch because we do love it here it's time for me to go home I feel like we're ending the summer on a really great note well good well I am also amazed about how fast the summer's gone because I mean the last time we kind of did or I guess one of our first episodes was me talking about Daniel's deployment and I was still like at the very beginning of all this and now yeah. I'm just like only a little over two months away until he's home, which is crazy. Crazy. Um, and you just so, went on your last trip until he gets back. I know. I know. So yeah, the last – I kind of told myself that if I could get to, you know, the end of June or July, then I would really just like give myself a break and stay home and do some stuff that I wouldn't typically – do and so I have just been I just recently got back home after being gone for five weeks which is crazy Crazy. um but I got to go to the mountains for the fourth of July and I got to be in Charlotte to be going into work into our office every day and we had our big annual women's conference with Proverbs called She Speaks which was so fun um totally exhausting I feel like I've been a zombie the last few days but she Speaks is a really fun place where women gather from literally all over the world. We even had some international people this year. Um, 
where women come and if they feel like they want to know more about how to write a book or to speak at women's events or to launch nonprofits, they can come and feel equipped to do those things and bring their ideas to meet with agents and publishers and all of that. So it was just such a fun week of pouring out and seeing like so many hundreds of women be so excited about what God's called them to. And so it allowed for a lot of large chunk of the summer to like go by fast and like all of a sudden it's August and I have to move again and get us all ready and settled and prep for Daniel to come home. It's crazy. Um, so I'm just, yeah, I'm just so thankful for the summer, but also like, I just feel this really big urge and sensation to just get back into my new routine. I keep saying that like, despite Daniel, like his presence being back in my life, like I just am so excited to have a routine in my place again and my furniture and anyway it just feels like the season is coming to a close but in a good way so I feel like I got it all out of my system so that's exciting over on Instagram we asked you if you had any questions for us just so that we could gather and collect all of our frequently asked questions so we had a place like this to be able to answer all of them we got some really great questions I am super excited to answer with you Mary Scott yeah well let's dive in okay so one of the first questions we got, um, we got a several in this category, so we're just going to address it as a category, but it's all about quiet times and devotionals. Yep. So specifically, someone said, I'm looking for a devotional book or an app to help me get back into a routine of spending time with Jesus. What do you recommend? Um, I'll, I'll share a few of my favorites. I love New Morning Mercies by Paul David Tripp. He is really great. Me too. It's great. Yeah. It, it's easy. It's simple, but also gives you something to chew on and kind of keep on thinking about throughout the day or honestly, sometimes weeks and months for me. So it's um, a devotional book that is a page a day. You just read it really quickly. And if you think that this is a topic or the topic that's addressed that day is really applicable to your season or you want to know more about it, it gives a, for further reading, study scriptures, blah, blah, and it gives you places in the Bible to go and dig further, which I love that part. Also love, you could probably talk more about this since it's in the Proverbs 31 world, but I love the first five app. Mm -hmm. That one's really great. Yeah. So it was actually created out of the idea that kind of like viewing our mind as a sponge. So wherever we direct our eyes and our mind to first thing in the morning kind of sets the tone with how we spend the rest of our day. So if we redirected our mind and our thoughts and our eyes to the word of God in the first five minutes of our day, it would almost change the trajectory of how our day went and then our weeks and our months and our years and our lifetime. Um, and I love the app even further than the first five app. I love the experience guides that come with the app. Now these are not free. They um, cost a little bit of money. You can get a PDF downloadable version for like six or seven dollars I think I'll, I'll make sure to link it in the show notes you get a lot of background information so um, like say we're right now we're going through the gospel of John so we would get the culture of what would be taking place right now what the culture's like um, about the author who's writing it from what perspective what they might be experiencing in that time frame we get maps about like locations and where people are traveling and all sorts of things like that. And so I feel like the experience guide almost takes it a step further if you're looking for almost like a little bit more of a meatier quiet time. So just honestly, my day-to-day looks like I often try and read some kind of nonfiction book alongside 
my Bible study. So like right now I'm listening to Nothing to Prove by Jenny Allen on Audible and reading Dance, Stand, Run by Jess Connolly. And that way I'm like making sure that I'm not just always reading other people's words on the Bible, but still reading the Bible. Because I think we can oftentimes tend to fall into the, not the trap, but just like the ease of reading someone else's thoughts and opinions on scripture rather than reading scripture for ourselves. So that's like a very long-winded explanation of what my quiet time has been looking like. <laughs> very similar to you. I love waking up in the morning, opening up my Bible, um, going through sometimes a chapter or sometimes a certain book. Um, so right now I also am reading through John. Um, love I just it. started this. Yes, I just started this study with a friend. And so we're reading through John together. And I have a study Bible, which is really neat because it gives you tons of context as you're reading through um, about kind of like you're talking about with the experience guide. I love that. I was going to say, and just like a side note, when it comes to quiet times, I think we can often all get very stuck in what we think a quote unquote quiet time needs to look like, aka it needs to be quiet and we need to have our coffee and whatever. And sometimes being stuck into the mold of what we think it should look like almost keeps us from reading the Bible. And so I've been really trying to be freed from the idea that has to look a certain way. And at the end of the day, all I need to do is talk to the Lord and read his word. Even if it's a verse that I'm like meditating on all day and coming back to and asking him to reveal himself to me through all day, it doesn't have to be me cozied up in my little reading chair with my coffee and have it perfect for me to have this time with the Lord because I'm realizing more and more that like as my seasons of life change and as we start having kids and whatever, it's not going to always look like this. And if we get stuck in the idea of what it should look like, then we won't actually do it. So there's just my little... Um, encouragement to you to not get caught up in the idea of what it needs to look like for it to be the right way. Right. And part of quiet time to me, whenever someone set up what this idea was, I really only thought, to be honest, that quiet time was me sitting down with my Bible and reading it. But there's so much more to a quiet time than just reading the word. Um, to me, like there's three different parts. There's worship, there's word, and there's prayer. And so if I like just have worship and I don't get in the word and don't have time for prayer, I kind of feel like I really only got one third of what the Lord had for me that morning or whatever time of day I chose to do my quiet time. So for me, I love having on music, you know, driving in the car on the way to work. Like your commute can be a fun podcast or a worship song or just playlist or something, some way for you to worship. And then word is being able to study scripture, see what it says so I can live by it and make sure that I'm living in obedience to what the Lord is asking me to do. And then the third is prayer. Honestly, one of my favorite parts is just to be able to go to him in prayer. So those are the three things for me. Um, I love a part of my quiet time. Totally. And someone actually told me something that was so cool one day. I used to do my quiet time at night. I had someone speak this to me and it changed my perspective on what having time with the Lord really meant. But they said, um, would you meet with your coach after the game or before the game? Like, which one would you choose? And for me, I had to say, you know, I actually probably would prefer to meet with him before my game to know what what to expect, to know the plays, to be reminded of who I am, how strong I am, et cetera, fill in the blank. And so for me, I shifted from it being an evening thing to a morning thing so that I could get my mind situated on things above for the rest of the day. 
And that's not to say it has to be like that in every season. Yeah. Like I know I always encourage Daniel to do that. And the reality is, is he's just not in a place right now where that's feasible um, without having to like get up at 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> um, but like that is totally exactly true. Even and in that might be a situation where picking the one verse for you to meditate on all day while you're running around or doing the worship on the way to work and the word when you get to work and prayer before bed. Like it, if, as long as it all happens, it doesn't have to be in this cookie cutter routine kind of way. Um, well, I love that. Well, one of the next questions we got was what did the process look like for Rachel and Thomas and Mary Scott and Daniel look like as they prepared for marriage or prepared in thinking about marriage and what advice would you give to a single woman who longs for a godly husband in marriage? Um, wowzers, <laughs> very deep and detailed. I, yeah. um, I would even start by just like saying that there is really, again, no cookie cutter way to answer this kind of question because all humans and all relationships and all seasons for people are different. I was in a season with Daniel where I knew like within like a month that he was going to be my husband, but we couldn't get married for like another three years. And so, you know, the way we slowly developed that process, and I know that was very similar to you and Thomas, Rach, but like the way that we had to you know, be patient in the season as we waited and yield to authority in those seasons was all different. But more than anything, like advice for single women, I would say a single woman is really anyone who's not married. Um, So whether you're even dating, like my advice for having a marriage you want to have and having a spouse you want to have is to be the spouse you want to have. For me, that would be like, okay, I'm going to love Daniel the way I would want to be loved. Yeah, totally. We got the same advice going through premarital counseling and that totally helped us is figuring out who who would you want your spouse to be exactly what you're saying and like how would you want to feel honored? How would you want to feel respected? And are you respecting people even outside of your love life, like in your family, in your house with your roommates? Are you loving people, respecting them and honoring them the way that you would want to be respected, loved and honored by your spouse and oh. becoming the person you'd want to marry? I agree 100%. And then on top of that, um, I'd say for anyone with any kind of dream or anything that you're waiting on, maybe it is for a godly husband or a marriage. Um, maybe it is for a child. Maybe it's for a family. Maybe it's for a career or promotion, whatever it is, that so easily we can grip the things that we want and that we think we deserve and have earned. But really, like this is an open relationship where the Lord gives and takes away so that we can have the best life that he's chosen us to have. Mm-hmm. So we have to hold whatever we want with an open hand. Very loosely. Being okay, very loosely, and being okay that it might not be in our hand the moments we want it, but then knowing that the moments that it's going to be given to us are the perfect ones. So my advice for um, a single woman who is longing for a godly husband and marriage um, would just be to exactly what Mary Scott said, become the person you want to marry, but then also hold the idea of marriage and dating and engagement or whatever season you're in loosely and know that what the Lord has for you is so much greater than you could ever make for yourself. And so instead of trying to force something, like making it more of like a, okay, Lord, what do you say for me? What do you have for me? Because I want that. Our next question was pretty fun too. They asked, what advice do you have for a girl that's gotten off track with her relationship with God? which I commend you for asking this question because I feel like I was the girl that got off of quote unquote my track and my relationship with God in different ways. We can go into that in a different episode, but um, 
I was really scared to ask for help because I was supposed to be a godly woman who wasn't being a godly woman. And um, Katie Walters, in one of our first episodes, shared a lot about this and how it's so easy to fall into pits of sin when you aren't open and honest and communicating your struggles with someone. So just you having the boldness and the bravery to ask the question, I applaud you because this is great. I'm so pumped you asked. And there's so many different answers. And I feel like we're going to have the same spiel for every answer. There's no cookie cutter answer for this one either. Um, But my my best advice is just to know and believe to the fullest part of your core that you are loved and you are known and you belong. Even if you feel like you've done things or you're holding on to shame or guilt of things you've done to make you believe that you aren't loved, known, and belonging. Well, I was going to say the enemy would love to tap into that and shame you into feeling like you can't come boldly to the throne of Christ. But the I, I mean, Hebrews 4.16 says... Let us throw off everything that hinders and come running towards God because that is just Satan's tactic in keeping us in the pit of sin and in, in being off track with the Lord is believing a lie that we shouldn't, shouldn't come as we are when that's completely not even what the Lord tells us to do. So, I mean, my, my advice is just to say, Lord, I'm sorry, but how can we start over and then just pick back up where you left off? It's not like you have to make this complicated you know, almost vow renewal kind of thing. It's just being like, okay, like, Lord, help me, help me come back into the right relationship with you. And when I fail again, I'm going to know that I can come back to you again and again and again, and you're never going to leave me. Um, Because we're really not the one, like we always think, oh, God's forsaken me. God's walked away from me in this season, but we are the ones that walk away from God, not him. And so, you know, it's turning our heart posture back to saying, I was wrong, Lord, like, come renew a right spirit within me. And, like, us feeling the freedom to come to him, asking for help and for courage to come back to do that and not just succumbing to the grief and the shame and the guilt of having stepped away to begin with. And that even gives us the permission that you're asking for to approach the the throne and do exactly what Mary Scott just said and say, I need some help. Yep. And, gosh, honestly, I feel like I'm in this situation often where I go to the Lord and I'm like, I have not done what you've asked me to do. I'm so sorry. Would you please open up more opportunities for me to be obedient? Like I, I realize that I've quote unquote gotten off track. And so just know also that you're not alone. That's all I could say about it. I just, I commend you for asking and it's never too late. It's just yeah. like the prodigal son story. Someone wants to know how you and I, I met Rachel. Um, I wish I could remember like the day that I missed you. I, I mean, missed you. I wish I could remember like the very day I met you, but I don't know if I can think of the day. Do you? Okay. Here's what I remember. I, in just a general overview, we met in our sorority, which was 80 Pi at Clemson University. We're little sisters. Honestly, I think that my first time ever meeting you was when I came through the doors of recruitment. Well, I do have vivid memories of that. She's a year ahead of me in school. So when we were in college, I definitely think I remember you in recruitment. And then I remember you through finding Big Littles. And then I ended up in Mary Scott's small group with another girl. And that was really fun. Yeah, and that's kind of really it. Well, and I would say like we became close then because we shared similar childhood experiences. But we really have become as close as we are now after college and, and being in similar seasons. So you just never know where relationships can go sometimes. That's for sure. Never know. And I love that. It's fun that we got to share a season in college together. And now we're adulting, being married, figuring out life transitions all together. 
It's such a gift. Okay, next fun question. This is going to be a really fun one because I don't think we've, we talked through some of this, Mary Scott. So to talk through this on a podcast will be funny. Okay. Why did you choose to start a podcast and what is the hardest part of podcasting? <sighs> well, Sorry. I feel like the hardest part <laughs> has got to be on your end as you edit these episodes. But then I would also say the hardest part is making sure that we provide content and guests that keep everyone encouraged and intrigued. What would you say? Totally. I think also the hardest part of podcasting isn't so much like the, I guess what I expected this to be is it was going to be really hard to find guests and find people to come on the show. And I'd say, honestly, that's been one of my favorite parts because I feel like the Lord's brought so much abundance in that area of having people and stories to be shared and heard, which is great. But what surprised me was honestly, I think the putting the podcast together part was the hardest part. Don't you so think? are you thinking the launch part or the week to oh, week yeah. putting the podcast together? Oh no, I'm talking launch. Yeah. Well, we so, should talk about what will happen. So Rachel and I had been thinking about this for, I don't know, like a, at least six months to a year, but we didn't really know what, but we had mentioned it to our husbands and like they signed off on it because they're friends and the four of us get along really well. And then we just like could not figure out how to get this started. And so Rachel just said, I think it was like the week of was like, I think I just need to come to Savannah. We need to get some photos taken and we just need to do this thing. And I'm like over here like, okay, well, are you sure that's a long drive for you? Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> and I was like, don't stop me. And there was so many obstacles between so many me and Birmingham obstacles. trying to get to, to Savannah. Like literally got pulled over by a police officer. Like on my way, I... What what else was it? Was running super, super late for some other really odd reason. Well, and this is just me going to pause and say, I usually figure out that I'm doing something right when everything totally. starts to go wrong. <laughs> oh, because, yes, because there's opposition in the kingdom. And when you're move, making moves forward to make change in people's lives, to bring weekly encouragement, to do something that is super fun, of course, the enemy's going to be like, oh, no, panic. Well, let <laughs> what me can rephrase I do? it. Let me rephrase this. Okay, like the podcast itself has not been hard in the sense that like people love the show. We're like so blown away. So like we know that we're walking in what we're supposed to walk in, but that doesn't mean there doesn't come with obstacles. Because you know when people say like, oh, like, you know, you're going to be doing the right thing when it just feels easy. I feel like the podcast itself (laughs) feels easy. It's just like every other detail just seems to be a continuous obstacle from like recording entire shows and realizing you never press record or losing shows or getting pulled over by the cops on your way to Savannah. Like everything just seems to be extra hard. Does that make sense? But not hard in the sense that like we're doing the wrong thing. I hope I'm explaining that right. Because the podcast itself has had huge success. Like, we're just truly blown away by the thing. And we know that we're walking in what God has for us. It just feels like there comes with extra crap, Challenges. if you will. Yes, exactly. <laughs> when for you lack of better are, terms. Like, when you're trying to make something beautiful from, from hard seasons of life and sharing hope of Christ. When those oppositions come it almost fires us up more rather than defeats us. And that's when you know. Right, Do you know what I mean? Right. It's like this totally. is worth pushing forward regardless of the cost. So hardest part of podcast was probably launching just because right after we would figure out what our next step was, there was 20 more steps in that totally. step. Totally. And so it was like, okay, well, now we have to create a website. Well, with a website, we need to pick 
fonts, colors, branding schemes. Or we, we need to have to be know, done. lots of money to do this. You know what I mean? It's just everything oh, yeah. comes. Well, and then I don't know. Why did we start a podcast? I think you and I just were really feeling this desire to foster a community online where we talked about the real real behind the Instagram reel. You know what I mean? Just like yeah. what really is life like and why do we all feel so much like we can't measure up? It's because we're all scrolling on our phones and seeing everyone's pretty pictures and while those things are still pretty there's a lot of ugly that comes alongside it or not even ugly just pain and things that you had to grow through and so now we just allow people to talk about those things online and share God's grace and goodness in the midst of the difficulties so that's really why we did it cultivating some vulnerability around this place yep well what are some of your favorite things to do in Birmingham and Savannah? That's a fun fun one. Um, we should just share both large lists of things that we like to do on our show notes. But I love um, just the historical beauty of Savannah. It's just truly like cobblestone streets and, and, and gorgeous, like humongous mossy oak trees. And all of these just lush green um I don't know. You've been here. What, how would you describe it, Rachel? It's just it's very, it's like Charleston, but a little bit more green. It's just charming. It's charming. Like every, every corner has something beautiful to look at. And I feel like even when we were doing our launch photo shoot, we were getting pictures. We were walking around with the sweetest photographer, Katie McGee. Love her. And we kept finding all these corners and spots and steps and growing ivy up brick and all of these cobblestone streets that just kind of kept taking our breath away. So I'd say if you need inspiration or you need some beauty in your life, take a weekend trip to Savannah for sure. Yeah. And then I love being at the beach and then Savannah is just also a very foodie, like coffee shop-y kind of a place with great, um, just Lots of local places. I We made a, a rule when we moved here that we would never go to Starbucks. But that's because, like, there's so many great, like, not even hole-in-the-wall, but just cutesy local coffee shops where people are just opening things for fun, and they're not, like, chains, which sounds a little bit snobby to say, but just there's something no, about support supporting local. local and and really helping small shops and all that. So I just like the community overall. But what about Birmingham? Well, Birmingham's great. We honestly, when we got called to Birmingham through Thomas's job right now with the ranch, we, I think both imagined Birmingham to be like rolling hills, grassy fields, cattle, whatever, Alabama, rural Alabama. And it is so not, there is so many, I mean, you pick a type of neighborhood you want to be in. It's there. If you want urban, fun, trendy, we got it downtown Birmingham. If you want the cute, charming neighborhoods, we got it. Mountain Brook, Vestavia Hills, you name it. Mm-hmm. If you want fun, cottage-like boutiques and shops to just walk around with a friend one morning, you've got it. Like, there are so many different parts and nooks of Birmingham to get what you need met, if that makes sense. So, totally. um, Thomas and I wanted, like, a rooftop dining experience. There's a great place for that. Or you fill in the blank, it can be met in Birmingham, which I love that part. And then also just being able to really settle down and make friends has been so fun because until we got to Birmingham, we moved four times within like a year of marriage, which was so fun, but so nutso because we thrive on having friends and community and hosting people. Um, But we never felt like we were able to plant our feet long enough to make lasting relationships. And 
my favorite part of Birmingham is the people and the couples and even the single friends and the girlfriends I've made and the guy friends Thomas has made. It's just been so fun. And a lot of it too is just our church community. And um, I miss that and cannot wait to be back. So I know. Soon. That's going to be so really. Someone asked us if we had any advice on how to have a Sabbath, especially in a busy season. And first, I think we should just explain um, Sabbath, what that means, what it is for maybe people that need a bigger picture. Okay. Well, I mean, just for biblical terms, you know, if you read in Genesis 1, you know that God made everything and on the seventh day he rested. And I think we do get really caught up in the idea that we should rest on the seventh day. And I do think there's a lot of truth to that. But if you are in ministry and you work at a church on Sundays, maybe you Sabbath on Friday, or maybe um, it looks like, you know, having a morning routine that feels like your Sabbath. I think there's a way to make Sabbath happen without feeling like it has to be on a certain day. For example, my church kind of does church all day on Sundays. So I'll go to Sunday school, I'll go to church, and then I'll come home for a few hours, and then we go to evening church. And to me, I love it. It's the Lord's Day, and we go to church a lot. But Mondays, I kind of just like know that I'm going to be at home. I'm going to sleep in a little bit later. I might work still, but I might work in my bed. There's just like some things and rhythms that I need to make sure like that I feel centered with um, or making sure there are certain nights of the week that I don't have things. Um, but what does that look like in your life stage right now. I know you and Thomas don't necessarily have Sundays off right now. Yeah. And that, that's been weird too, is how I think this question is really cool and so timely, especially for me, because I have had to learn. Um, let me just back up and say that Sabbath is really cool. And it was something that historically was made by the Jews because they are such um, great achievers that they realized we need rest in the midst of achieving. So what does it look like to take a break, which is really cool, right? But a lot of it was based around a religious idea of, and even if you look up the definition of Sabbath, it says a religious partaking of blah, blah, blah. Um, and something that I love about my relationship personally with Jesus is that it's not technically a religion. It is a relationship. And so when we got to JH Ranch and have been working, um, just like Mary Scott said, we don't always get Sundays off. Um, a lot of times it just lands on a random day of the week because of the way that our programs are laid out. So we don't get to go to church regularly. A lot of times we'll watch it online. Um, we don't always have Sundays. So we've had to be creative in our way that we rest with the Lord. There's a need for us to take a step back in trust that God will still bless the work of our hands when we take a step back to spend time with him, to cultivate intimacy with him, and to just lay our our hands down, to lay our motives down, to lay our agenda down, and surrender that he will still carry our cause and our platform, even when we're taking a step away and resting with him. Um, and it's almost like the first fruits, going back to even like our quiet time and how we spend our days. Like If we're called to give the first 10% of our money to the church and to the Lord, like there is a 10% idea of the way we spend our time, whether that's on a Sabbath day or the first 10% of our mornings and dedicating our thoughts and our plans and our actions and our assignments back to him. Um, so I think there's, we just had to get out of the idea that it has to look a certain way. Like we've said, I think what basically what this whole episode is showing me even is that like it all comes back to the heart. Like what is our motivation and our, and the posture of our heart, because I think we could even posture our heart to a place of rest. Um, 
even if it's a busier season. And there are going to be busier seasons. That's why certain pastors take sabbatical. It's like a Sabbath section of their year where they truly can rest and rejuvenate and fill back up with the Lord so they can pour back out. Um, And so I just think it can look like a myriad of different things. And we don't need to be so caught up in, in just the ritualistic part of Sabbath, as long as we're posturing our heart to the Lord in a place of peace and rest and, and reminding ourselves by opening up our hands, by giving up chunks, chunks of our time to not be working, that it's still his and he will still make it and bless it with what he needs it to be. And that's exactly the idea is that if we look at the Sabbath as like a, a box to be checked or a thing to scratch off our to-do list, we've missed the point completely. Because totally. it's not something to do because we're supposed to do it, a.k.a. religious. It's something we do because it's it's precious. It's time that we need to continue, honestly, in strength to do what we are called to do. So, yeah, I echo what you, everything you just said. I love all of um, it. And specifically, like this question says, in a busy season, it's even more of just a question of, like, what links will you go to get the time that you need with your maker, mm-hmm. even in the busiest seasons? And so – whether it's a busy season, a dry season, a financially blessed season, or a financially dry season, are you still going to tithe? You know, are you right. still going to find the time? And like Mary Scott said, the 10% to give over to him when in reality, he really, he deserves a hundred. Well, and I think there's, there's, it's kind of fun not to test God, but I do think he does love for us to watch how he will, he will show up because I've, I've heard story after story of, of the seasons. Like, let's just go back to the finances of, living paycheck to paycheck and not sure if they could even give the tithe and then just seeing how God would randomly bless them by giving them a random check in the mail or having someone who they don't know or they do know just randomly be abundant and blessing them anonymously or openly. Like, it's just crazy how the Lord will will bless your time with him. Like, he says, seek me and you will find me. And, like, he is, he is a good God that enjoys a time with us and he will give good gifts to his children and our surrender. So anyway, going, going from there, our next question is how do you continue to press towards the Lord when his promises, when his promises seem slow and you're just trying to get by and OMG, that is a very, um, just a hard question. And I think it's a place that I find myself in a lot. And I think it goes back to the conversation Rachel and I had in one of our first episodes about manna, um, in Exodus 16, when God, talk to the Israelites about coming each day for the manna that they would feed upon and they would take as much as they want for that day, but not any much for the next day. And I, even in this deployment and other tough seasons of my life, I do feel like it is a moment, my moment decision to ask God to be what I need him to be in that moment. And I think I was listening to a podcast, maybe it was on Amy Downs podcast about um, just a similar type of question. And someone, the guest on her show said to ask in those moments, what God, what aspect of God he, like, we need him to be in that moment? Is, do we need him to be our provider or our defender or our friend? And, and asking him to live into that aspect of his character in those moments for us when we just feel like we're forgotten. And, and I think there's just, I don't know. What, what would you say to that, Rachel? I, I love how they use the word promises because he's a promise keeper. And so for me in those moments when his promises seem slow or even in my opinion delayed and they're not on my own timing, I have to remind myself of the word promise. Like, okay, um, promise means it's going to be kept, especially when it's in a relationship and 
in a commitment with the Lord. So it's a promise. It's going to happen. And so I just have to continue to be patient, which is so hard. And in those moments that I am becoming impatient and want them now and honestly stomping my feet and crossing my arms. And I'm like, no, now I have to stop and I have to let go and lean back and say, you know what? If you can't deliver your promises now, like I love that because it's not meant for now and I can't handle it now. But would you just remind me that it's coming? Can you just give me a sign or peace or a person or someone or something to step in and intervene on your behalf and say, hey, it's coming. And every single time, I mean, every time I pray and I'm like, Lord, gosh, like, for example, this podcast, like I, this podcast was a promise that the Lord made to Mary Scott and I, this is going to happen because of the affirmation we got from other people or the feelings and desires we have in our own. And we are in this really weird season of waiting and figuring out logistics and all the things that come with long distance friendship and trying to start a business together. And I had a friend text me and I prayed and I was like, all right, Lord, like if this is going to happen and it's not for now, can you just provide something to munch on until he um, sent a friend and literally she texted me and she said, Hey, have you ever thought about starting a podcast? And that was the exact affirmation I needed. And I told her, I was like, you have no idea what that means. That totally pushed me over the edge to be patient. Yeah, I I usually feel like in these moments where I'm tempted to feel like, wait, God, I really thought I heard you say X, Y, Z. It's always something I've preached myself. Like I am in the process of developing the character I need for my calling. Like what is God developing within me that's not quite there yet for that season that he's going to step me in or allow me to step into. Um, and I'm going back to Annie Downs podcast because I think about this all the time, but obviously like everyone's in love with the reckless love album right now by Corey Asbury and Corey was on the show and she was talking to him about the album. And he said that the album had been 10 years in the making, but he kept hearing God say, not now. And one day he, he felt like the Lord was saying, you can move on into this by yourself, but you're going to have to carry the weight of what it would feel like to carry this without me. And, and I just think that is exactly true. And I said that to Rachel time and time again, when it came to the podcast is like, if God's not in it yet, I can't, I can't bear the weight of stepping into this right now because I want to make sure it's the right time. And I do think there's usually a very resounding understanding of when it's time to step into something. And right now for the podcast, it was a season in which we were both just, we were just in a place of like fertile soil. Like Daniel was gone. I had the time and the space and the and the creative energy to make this happen. And so did you. And if we had tried to have forced it into a new season, it may not have been the same response that we've been having right now. And so, you know, yielding to the season we're in, what does it look like to yield to the season you're in? And, and thinking of like, how can I practically step into many aspects of our calling in the season we're in now? Like if you feel like you're going to, be called to write a book, how are you going to start stewarding that call of writing now? Well, maybe you need to start writing once a week or whatever it might be, but becoming a part of the developing parts of God's nature and what he's going to come out in our calling. So that was a lot, another long winded response. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I love it. And another thing to think about too, with this and just Lord's promises and I feel like this just needs to be said for someone that's listening to the podcast, but um, a lot of times the Lord will call us to places or to seasons or even sometimes promise us things that we never wanted or asked for, like Jonah and Nineveh. 
in this story of Jonah in the Bible where the Lord called him to a place called Nineveh. And he said, absolutely not. I don't want to go. The place is nasty. The people are awful. Count me out. And so he walked in the opposite direction the Lord was calling him. But yet this Lord still directed him to Nineveh by a plethora of things, which included getting swallowed by a whale and spit out. And he ended in Nineveh. Really my whole point in sharing the small story of Jonah and how powerful it is, is to say you can't mess up what the Lord has for you. You can force it to happen or you can try your hardest to walk in a different direction or even the completely opposite direction, but what he has for you is written in permanent marker. You can't erase it. So if he has a promise for you, like you're saying in this question, and you're just trying to get by, just know that it's it's going to happen on your terms or on his, regardless, it's going to happen. So just having the faith and the fruit to move yield forward. Yield to the season. Yes, yeah. and yield. Um, and that's honestly kind of a mystery of faith is figuring out we don't know when and we don't know what. And sometimes we don't even know how. But trusting in something greater than us to know that it's going to happen. Like, I don't know how, but it's going to happen. So I love that question because that's my season right now. <laughs> totally. Totally my season. Well, Rachel, on another lighter note, let's end the episode by just talking about some things that you and I are loving lately. So what are some things that you can't get enough of right now? Oh, gosh. Okay. I am recording the episode. I don't know where you are while you're recording this, but I'm recording the episode in bed and literally (laughs) have on my new Barefoot Dreams sweater. Oh, wow. Listen. From the Nordstrom sale? Listen, yes, ma'am. From the Nordstrom sale. It saved my tush with getting some stuff for fall. But basically, I treated myself to a few items at the Nordstrom anniversary sale this year. And one of them was this Barefoot Dreams sweater that I have on. Technically, it's a cardigan. But um, Barefoot Dreams makes the softest things. If no one knows about Barefoot Dreams, go Google it. Like, they have blankets, socks, sweaters. I've heard dreamiest things. Like the bathrobe. Oh, bathrobe is my next purchase for sure. So, I'm wearing my Barefoot Dream sweater right now, and it doesn't make you super hot. It's just comfy. So, you can wear it as a robe over your PJs. You could wear it out and about, throw on a cute little t-shirt and some jeans and some tennis shoes and the sweater. Good to go. So, amazing. my biggest thing right now is this sweater. What's yours? I'm a little bit torn. I... I got these new um, gold slides that you shared about on your Instagram, and they're yes. like rose gold mock Birkenstock slide sandals. Which is that what how is that how you would describe it? Yeah, but they're kind of like orthopedic because they're so squishy, like they're comfortable. They are so squishy, yes. And so at she speaks this weekend. I was wearing them a ton because they were so flipping comfortable. So we'll have to link to those. I'm loving those, and then I got a new a pair of jeans that are like frayed at the bottom and they make me feel very cool. And so those are, that's on my list. I'm trying to think of some other things that I'm loving right now. Oh, okay. This is the fun one. That's not necessarily clothes. Are you ready? Go. I have an electric fly swatter. And if you follow me on Instagram, you've seen me (laughs) swatting my flies. It is summertime in Northern California. And I swear I've never seen so many mosquitoes, yellow jackets and flies. True story, got stung by a mosquito, I mean by a yellow jacket, in between my toes this past week. And I am getting revenge on all of the species. Listen, this thing looks like a tennis racket, and you push down a button, and there's these wires inside that shock, basically, these bugs, and they just fall to the ground. And Remy hears the noise, my dog, 
Remy, he's the sweetest, he'll hear the noise of the bugs getting shocked and come running and just eat them off the ground. That's hysterical. Yeah, it's my new favorite thing to do. Like, I see a bug now and I get ecstatic because it means it's go time. I love it. Yeah. Well, I also forgot to share about this um, avocado mousse that I've been making a lot lately. It's completely sugar-free um, and it's from Laura Lee Balance. She's one of my favorite. She's actually went to holistic cooking school, which I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. And it is made of avocados, cocoa powder, monk fruit, which is like a sugar-free natural sweetener that's like stevia, but doesn't have any yucky aftertaste. And then almond milk and peanut butter. And it's unbelievable. Dang. If you're doing Whole30 or something like that, you could do almond butter, but there's something about the peanut butter and the cocoa that makes it feel like a Reese's pudding and it's divine and then I'm also addicted to the new Siete chips flavors have you had them which flavors are we talking about I'm talking about fuego no I haven't (laughs) tried it I'm obsessed with nacho it's so good they have fuego ranch and one other flavor maybe another like sea salt lime flavor but they are delicious and did you see they came out with a new queso yes I did see I'm, I'm dying to try it. So those are a few things that's on my list. Yes. All of our friends that have gluten allergies, this is for you because these chips are made with all different types of flours, not wheat or anything that has to do with gluten. So you can have the chips. And now a dairy-free queso. So there you go. Now dairy-free queso. I love that. Uh, well, guys, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We get so many fun questions and thoughts from you guys and we just figured this would be a great way to do it but we just also want to take some time and thank you guys so much for just the outpouring of love that you guys have given us in the season of podcast launching and new episodes we are just truly flat out surprised that people like it so much and just are so grateful for all that's to come on the show the guests we have coming on the show the interviews we've had um, and just continued growth we're just so honored and grateful to have your support and Speaking of just support, we would also love it if you had a few minutes to head over to iTunes and leave us a review. Reviews are super helpful because they allow people who would have never heard about the show, hear about the podcast, and then maybe find some encouragement on the side of the internet as well. You can find all that we talked about in today's episode on our website at BehindTheBlissPodcast.com on today's show notes episode. Rachel, thanks so much for joining me for this fun episode. I know, this is super fun. I love having you join me too. Co-host, back at it. Woohoo! Talk to you later. Bye, y'all.